Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. Uh, welcome back to church. Um, I, I know for those guys online, you are church as well, but we're talking about in person. And I know we love that you join us online, but we also love in person. Uh, and for Ryan and I and others who have been speaking in church uh, over this last sort of months online, just to have real people in the room. Oh my goodness, it's so good. I don't have to imagine that somebody's there sitting going, yeah, come on, come on, Stephen, come on, you're doing okay. Come on, take it for the team, come on. I can look down and see real faces. And so this morning, I'd like you to give me a little bit of feedback because, well, it's Resurrection Sunday and we should get excited. And we're going to celebrate, obviously, and we've been doing that. But before we get to the celebration, we have to go to the cross, And before we get to the resurrection, it's good to go back to the reality that Jesus Christ really died. Because if he didn't really die, then he didn't really resurrect, and then nothing changes. But he died, his pulse stopped. He was wrapped in linen, he was put in a tomb, and three days later, the stone rolled away, and Jesus Christ began to live, defeating death, sickness and the grave and that's the celebration but before we get there I want us to go back to the cross the question I want to ask this morning is where were you at the cross now I know you might be thinking Stephen I know I'm old but I'm not that old but where were you at the cross see there are many different people at the cross the Bible mentions 14 distinct people at the cross and then there are crowds and then they're in the gathering but where were you You see, could it be that there's somebody at the cross that reminds you of who you are or who you were before you met Jesus Christ? Where were you at the cross? I want to read from Matthew 27 and we're going to read verses 32 through to 56. I want you to pick out and see the people at the cross. And as they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon And they forced him to carry the cross. Then they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the writing charged against him, This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Now there were two robbers. They were at the cross. Those who passed by, they were at the cross. Those who hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross. No, come on. If you're the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests Well, the teachers of the law and the elders, well, they mocked him. Oh, you saved others. Save yourself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God. They said, he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. 
Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over the whole land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those were standing there at the cross, they said, he's calling Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with vinegar, he put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now the rest, they said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs opened, and bodies of many people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Now when the centurion and those who were with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake, and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely this is, surely he is the son of God. Now, many women were also there at the cross, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's son. Who are you at the cross? See, the first person that we come across here is Simon from Cyrene. No, don't want to get mistaken with someone else. No, it's Simon from Cyrene. No, no, Simon, you know Simon, that Simon. I want you to get that it's that Simon. Cyrene is modern day Libya. Uh, And well, Simon is there with thousands of other pilgrims who are there to, well, partake in Passover. They're there to celebrate and remember that they were once in slavery, the people of Israel, the Jews, They were once in slavery to Egypt and then what happened was that God stepped in and there came this point where God spoke to the people of Israel and said, what I need you to do is I need you to take a lamb and kill the lamb and take the blood of the lamb and apply that blood to the doorpost of your home and the angel of death will pass by and all who are in that household will be safe. And so they come and they remember They remember not only were they safe, but that day that God took them as his people and he would be their God. Now they're there to celebrate. The day that we read about here, this is the day of preparation. But the day before, Simon, who was there to celebrate, he would have partaked in a ritual where a lamb would have been slain for his sin. He would have seen that. That was fresh in his mind. Now, in the day of preparation, he was also that night going to take part in a meal called the cedar. Now, the cedar has many different symbols to it, but one thing that will happen at that meal is this. They will take a thin bread like a cracker. There will be three portions of bread that will be placed in a cloth, making up three portions, but yet one. That middle portion of bread will be taken out from the center. Now, there's something about this bread This bread, because it needs to be leaven, and leaven in the Bible is a symbol of sin. So they want to make sure that the center portion, uh, there is no leaven within it. There's no sin in it. It has to be perfect in every way. So what they do is they take that bread and they pierce it before baking it. And they put it on a rack that leaves stripes across the bread. The father then at the meal or the head of the household, he takes the bread, he breaks it, 
And then he wraps it in linen like you would a body. He hides it in his home. And then at some stage during the meal, he sends the children and they go looking for this broken, pierced, striped bread that's buried in a linen cloth. And they go and get it. And whoever finds it, when they bring it back to the father, he gives them treasure. Now, this is all happening in Simon's mind. That that the center, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the center will be broken, will be pierced, will be striped, will be buried. And if you find it, you will get treasure. And as he's going about these religious rituals, he is interrupted and somebody says to him, carry Jesus' cross. Jesus has been whipped. Jesus is bleeding. And all of a sudden, Simon finds himself covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, carrying the cross of God. And he would take that cross and he would carry to the place of the skull where Jesus Christ, Father, Son, would be nailed and pierced on a cross, striped on his back. He would die on that cross. He would be taken off it, wrapped in linen and placed in a burial tomb. And whoever finds him will get treasure. See, Simon, are you Simon? See, Simon is that religious guy. You no, know, you ask him, do you believe in God? Absolutely. Do you believe in the God of the Bible? Yeah, 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 I believe in the God of the Bible. But what would transform Simon's life is he would get close to the blood of Jesus Christ. We believe that Simon went on to follow Jesus, that his wife became a Christian and his two children became Christians. And actually, Paul the Apostle would describe Simon's wife as like his mother. See, there's something about the blood of Jesus Christ when you figure out who he is and what he's done will transform your life and you will never, ever be the same again. See, who were you at the cross? We go on to read in scripture that, well, at the cross, we also have the two. We have Mary, um, the mother of Jesus, uh, and we have John. Well, John is... Well, he's one of the, the core disciples of Jesus. No, we say this, don't we? No, God has no favorites. Jesus had no favorites. And then you read the Bible and you realize, well, maybe he did. <laughs> and it's like Peter, James, and John, it's like, come with me. The rest of you just stay there. Um, and, and it's like he trusts them with stuff. <laughs> They're close to him. And in this moment at the cross, you see a mother and a disciple and a friend called John. Now what happens is we usually you know, make this <coughs> all very religious. We make this all very like, oh, Mother Mary and John. But what we've got to see is that the foot of the cross is just a guy called John who's watching his friend Jesus die. And if you've ever been in a situation where you're watching someone you love die, you may be surrounded by everyone, but you are alone. And you have Mary, who's a mom, 
who's a mom who as a teenager had an angel come and interrupt her world and say to her, you're going to have a son, (coughs) you're going to have a child, and he's going to become the saviour of the world. And she's almost 50 years of age. And she's standing at the foot of the cross looking up going, is this what it looks like for my son to become the saviour of the world? A mom and a friend. And Jesus, we read, he looks at his mom and he says, Mom, I I, I would like John to become your son and John, I would like you to become like a son to my mom and her to become like your mom. And, And what's that got to do with you and I this morning? Well, Well, in this moment, Jesus takes time, like Jesus does. Even when he's dying on the cross, he's like, no, would you, Father, forgive them? They don't know what's going on. He's he's looking at the thief on the cross going, no, I'll have mercy on you. He's he's all about people. And and, and in this moment, he's he's looking down and he sees people who are broken. And he's saying, I'm going to form a community in this moment that where the broken and the hurting and the heartbroken can actually come together and in that community they can work out the very purposes of God. He invites them to come as they are. He invites them in their brokenness to look out for each other. See, who, who were you at the cross See, maybe you are the brokenhearted, looking for where is God in all of this? Well, God invites you to be part of his family and together discover the very heart of God. See, where were you? In the middle of this, we have Mary Magdalene. Now, if you've been around church any length of time, you know that Mary Magdalene gets a bad rap. Okay, so people have started ministries. You no, know, they call them the Mary Magdalene ministry or the Mary Magdalene orphanage or the Mary Magdalene. And what people in history have loved to do with Mary Magdalene is just focus on her past. Now, Mary Magdalene was a mess, so we'll start a ministry for the messed up in the world. But at the cross, Jesus doesn't do that. See, we know that Mary Magdalene came from a Magdalene, a place called Magdalene, which was a wealthy place, that she had means. And whenever she met Jesus, the first meeting, she was possessed by seven spirits, seven demons. She was demon-possessed. Now, I'm not saying this morning, maybe you're sitting here and you're demon-possessed. Was that you at the cross? No, what I'm saying is this. Mary Magdalene looked the part on the outside, but inside, she was an absolute mess. But at the cross, she's standing with the mother of Jesus. See, in this moment, Jesus isn't looking at her through her past. He's looking at her through the power of what is happening in the present. And you see, you may have the most messed up story ever. But what Jesus does is invite you into his story 
And then he transforms your story. He erases your past and he gives you a brand new future. See, who were you at the cross? See, when we look at the cross, there's always the crowd, isn't there? And with everything that goes on, there's a crowd. There's a crowd that looks and goes, oh, look at Tim on a cross. Come on down and save yourself. There's always a crowd who thinks they're tough speaking to God when he's nailed to a cross. There's always people who'll have the jeer. There's always people who would rather be accepted by the crowd than accepted by God. There will always be people who would rather miss out on the power of the cross as long as they're kept in the crowd. And as long as you and I focus on the crowd, we will miss out on the power of what is happening on the cross of Jesus Christ. In the middle of all of this, we see there were soldiers. These soldiers were... Well, gambling, and some people gamble with God, don't they? It's like, I'll get into all that Jesus stuff someday. And they sort of pick a side. There's people who were in there who were mocking. Oh, that Jesus stuff, they're all lunatics. They're all, you know, good living for a living. They're just weak people that need a crutch and all of this sort of stuff. And then there's one soldier And he said, no, no, this is the son of God. This is the son of God. When we look at the cross, where were you? There was the two rebels who were crucified beside Jesus. And well, they, um, (laughs) now one just kept going, didn't they? No, like, Jesus, you're whatever, save yourself. You can imagine, he's just joined in with the crowd. Even while he's dying, he's still going with a crowd. And then you have another who for some reason in this moment of death looks at Jesus and figures out whatever is happening on that cross with this man called Jesus Christ, it will affect the rest of my life. There's something in him in this moment gets what's happening. And he asks Jesus for mercy. Now, I've heard about people, you know, deathbed conversions, and this is like one of the best. And people mock them. Oh, he's just like, um, no, he's just trying to get right with God. No, heads the bets until, no, just in case. But what I've realized about people is this, that when you face death, you realize it's not the end. And this thief on the cross was not trying to escape his death because that was happening. He was there, he was dying. But there was something in him in the presence of Jesus was realizing that death is not the end. And actually I need mercy not for just now, I need mercy for then. Because I'm going to stand before God and whatever is happening with this man, Jesus, I know that will help me when I'm there. See, who else was at the cross? Well, there's 
many people. But who do I identify with most? Well, I probably identify most with someone who wasn't at the cross, <laughs> who should have been. And, I, and his name is Judas. Now, when I say that name, you go, why are you one of them guys? No, like sort of sell out your mates and, you know. No, 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 no. I, yeah, that's how we know Judas. But why do I relate to Judas? Because Judas spent three and a half years of his life walking with Jesus, watching his miracles, watching how he talked. No, he spoke like God. That's one of the evidences of who Jesus is. Because still today, what Jesus said, we're using it to shape the world. He walked with Jesus. He heard what Jesus was teaching. He heard Jesus declare he was the son of God who would take away the sins of the world. He, he, he was in the middle of all this. He saw blind eyes open. He saw lame people walk. He saw people getting set free. He, he just walked in the middle of all of this and still chose to go his own way. Why do I identify with that? Because for a chunk of my life, that's what I did. I was surrounded by people who claimed to love Jesus and they really did. I had parents who prayed and when they prayed, something happened. And I was like, well, don't want to catch on to that there. I'll just ignore that because I want to do my way. I watched people who were one day alcoholics and they give themselves to Jesus and the next day they didn't want to drink. I, I, I watched people who had loads of money in their pockets and in their bank accounts, but still had an emptiness deep inside them. And they give their lives to Jesus and all of a sudden this joy came into their lives. I watched people and saw Jesus at work all around me, but still I chose to go my own way. And that's the sad reality of Judas, is that he chose, in, in spite of all of the evidence, in spite of all of the reality, he was not at the cross. So, well, that's the cross, and then we come to the celebration. Because if, if it's all about the cross, then what's the point? No, if we're all just there, and well, Mary Magdalene, still Mary Magdalene, and no, the crowd's still mocking, and all of those things, if that's, no, no, no. You see, on, on Sunday, Jesus rose again and he defeated everything in our lives that needs broken, that needs destroyed so that we can be totally transformed through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and so what happens is that Mary Magdalene can have her past erased and given a complete new makeover, transformational story. So the crowds that are mocking God one day, the next day they can become a friend of God. How cool is that? So the people who are on a cross going, I am a thief. I, I haven't been a nice person. I, I've lived my life for me. Can look in the eyes of Jesus and go, Jesus, would you have mercy on me? And Jesus goes, yes, come on. See, there's something about the fact that Jesus rose again, that no matter who was at the cross, they can rise with Jesus from the tomb. You see, when I look in the tomb of Jesus Christ, it is empty. It's just like the slate on my life. It's like all the account that I've ever done wrong against anyone and against God, it's also empty. It's like the old Stephen died in the tomb with Jesus so that the new Stephen could rise again with Jesus, so that the old could go and the new can come. 
See, this is not just a grave story. This is a new story. This is a transformational story. This is the story of hope in Jesus Christ who can change anyone's life and make it completely new. I know what I love, that Jesus is here. He's not on the cross anymore, but he's in my life. And there are people in your world that you will have watched and you know they have someone in their life. They call him Jesus and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to know, but, but Jesus wants you to know. See, there comes a point like Simon, you have to get close to the horror of the cross. You gotta get close to the blood of Jesus. You gotta look in the reality of why did this man, God, son of God, why is he doing this for me? you got to put yourself at the cross and realize that Jesus is doing this for me and then put yourself at the tomb and see it empty and Jesus alive and realize he's doing that for me also and because he lives I live because he's defeated death I will never die because he dealt with my sin, I can just go this close to God. Easter Sunday is an incredible celebration. This morning, a guy walked past me from the church this morning and a big smile on his face. I could tell with his eyes, I couldn't see it, but you know, mask and all that stuff. But and he says, my daddy got saved. 84 years of age. And, and he gave his life to Jesus. And, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, that's Resurrection Sunday. And I know he's like every other person at 84 who gives their life to Jesus. They're like, why didn't I do this earlier? Why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I do this 50 years ago? Why didn't I? Because it's not about then, it's about now. I love the story of the thief on the cross who cried out to God in that moment and said, God, have mercy for me. I love that God is merciful right to the end. But it's not about dying with Jesus. It's about living for Jesus. And that's what the cross and that's the resurrection, that's what it allows us to do. If you're joining me online today, that is what the power of a cross allows us to do. If you're in the room today, that is what the power of the cross allows us to to do. As I was preparing this message, I felt a real urgency to put it out there and invite people to put their trust in Jesus Christ. At the 10 o'clock service, I reminded everybody we need to embrace the power of the resurrected Christ and surrender our lives to him. And there's been something about this pandemic that every one of us needs to reassess our worlds and our lives and go, yep, I am totally, 100% up for Jesus. But today, well, maybe you're the past. 
Could God really forget about my past? Absolutely. Uh, maybe you're the person who is just broken, going, God, where are, you? where are you in all of this? And God's like, well, become part of my people, my church, my family. And together, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I will help you understand my purposes and my plans. Maybe you're just the thief. <laughs> I'm going to say online, because of course there's nobody in the room here who's really like that. And you just know you're, well, you've made plenty of choices and you continue making them. And it's your moment to call out for, to God for mercy. Just ask him to come close, to forgive you, and to apply what he's done on the cross to your world. I, I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come up. They're going to come up and going to sing in a moment. And as we do that, I'm going to ask you to stand. And if you're listening in at home, well, you don't need to stand. But what I'm trying to do is create a moment. A moment like Simon, where we're interrupted by the cross. <laughs> we're interrupted by Jesus, the Son of God, who loves us <laughs> and is doing all this for us. And in this moment, well, the question goes out, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with this cross? Now, if Jesus is saying he's done all that for you, well, either it's true or false. And if it's true, then you have to take the whole deal. There's no choice. If it's false, just keep saying it's false. But if it's true, you can't just take a bit of a story. You've got to take it all. Jesus did this for us. And I can't think of a better day than Resurrection Sunday <laughs> to start your journey of living for him. Can't think of a better day. Empty tomb day. It's the beginning. It's just the beginning of a new life. Does everything change? It will. Jesus make me new? Yeah, absolutely. What does that mean? It's a journey. But it starts at the cross and the empty tomb. So I'm going to ask everyone in here to close their eyes and I'm going to ask you at home if you would like to begin that journey of following Jesus Christ he becomes number one. He gets it all. If you'd like to start out on that journey, understanding that Jesus paid the price on the cross to make a way so that you could come to him. He's a 
bridge. He's a friend. He's a companion. He's Lord. He's Savior. But there comes a time you got to look into the eyes of Jesus on the cross and answer, why is he there for me? I'm going to pray a prayer that I believe, if you mean it in your heart, will start you on a journey of understanding and knowing Jesus. That's for this room and that's for at home. I'm going to pray it and well, perhaps you'd like to echo it in your heart. And it starts a bit like this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me enough to take my place. Thank you that without a shadow of doubt, I know I'm loved by God. And I'm going to trust that love, Jesus. I'm going to trust that the life you have for me is the best life, and I'm going to follow you your way that leads to life. Forgive me. I'm really sorry that I have failed. God, I'm so sorry, but so glad forgive me from my past (laughs) you forget it and you give me a new future in Jesus name as we come to worship I want to ask you in this space if you've prayed that prayer I'd just love you to come and speak to me. Chat with me. If you're joining us online, if you would email us at office at utbelfast.org. We'd love to just say hi and help. Just as we leave today, I'm going to be standing here and just let me know and I will make contact and we will follow it up. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we don't stop at the cross. And now we come to celebrate in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.